Hi there, my name is Catherine and welcome to the night before podcast for your English Literature Paper 2 exam. In this podcast I'm going to be running through some quick topics to help you revise. The aim is to get you ready for the exam tomorrow so don't panic, we're going to get you through this. Um, I'm going to quickly run through some topics um, specifically about the uh, Blood Brothers um, and then I'm going to give you some general revision tips and finally the stress buster. So let's have a look at some different topics for the Blood Brothers. First of all, let's start with the political context of this text. Blood Brothers was completed in 1981, which is two years into Margaret Thatcher's time as Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. Margaret Thatcher transformed the economy of Britain in a way which greatly reduced the number of traditional manufacturing jobs, which really affected cities like Liverpool, where thousands of jobs disappeared and unemployment levels increased drastically. Russell clearly addresses social issues related to unemployment, poverty, crime and drug abuse in the play, most notably through the character of Mickey, who can't cope with the hardship he faces. One of Margaret Thatcher's core beliefs was that the key to success was hard work. But Russell challenges this belief in Blood Brothers because hard work is not the reason Mickey and Edward's lives are so different. The reason their lives are so different is the fact that, coming from a wealthy and well-connected background, Edward has far more opportunities to be successful than Mickey. So which social issues related to unemployment does Russell address in play? These are drug abuse, poverty and crime. Margaret Thatcher also felt that trade unions, which are organisations designed to protect the rights of workers, had become too powerful. So she made changes to the law which took away some of the powers of trade unions. And this meant that workers, particularly factory workers like Mickey, were more vulnerable to redundancy. So that's the political context of the play. Now let's have a look at a theme. The theme I'm going to look at is growing up. The theme of growing up is central to the plot of Blood Brothers, and we see several clearly defined stages in, of Mickey and Edward's journey to adulthood. From the moment Mickey invites Edward to be my blood brother, the Du Bois enjoy playing mischievous childhood games, playing with toy guns and occasionally getting into minor trouble with the police. The two mothers, but particularly Mrs Lyons, make a determined effort to separate the boys and stop them from playing with each other, with Mrs Lyons going so far as to relocate her family to Scalemosdale. Fortunately for the boys, however, Mrs Johnson's family are soon relocated to the same town, to 65 Scalemosdale Lane. As soon as they rediscover one another in their new town, their friendship reignites. Edward, isn't it fantastic? We're neighbours again. The boys are 14 when they're reunited, and the teenage years which follow are in many ways idyllic. The audience sees a montage of Mickey, Edward and Linda having fun together, with the narrator describing them as young, free and innocent. There also comes a warning from the narrator at this point in the play that these carefree days will soon disappear, and only if the three of them could stay like that forever, and only if we could predict no changes in the weather. As Mickey and Edward reach adulthood, however, there is a key pivotal moment in their journey of growing up. While Mickey enters the world of low-paid, insecure factory work, Edward moves away to begin his studies at university. From this point onwards, the two brothers begin to grow apart as the inequality of society takes over and leads them in different directions. While Edward is having a fantastic first time at university, meeting tremendous people and going to lots of parties, Mickey and Linda are forced to grow up very quickly and suddenly as Linda becomes pregnant and the couple get married. 
Edward returns home at Christmas and it really starts to become clear just how far apart the boys have grown in just a few months. Edward, still very much a carefree child, fails to understand Mickey's worries. Edward. Why? Why is a job so important? If I couldn't get a job, I'd just say, sod it and draw the doll, live like a bohemian. Even as a seven-year-old, Mickey looks up to Sammy, singing I Wish I Was Art, Sammy, in Act One. Sammy has a strong influence on Mickey, so it's no surprise that he is ultimately able to draw Mickey into criminal activities. Edward's intellect, good education and financial support from his parents made it always seem inevitable he would thrive, eventually growing up to become counsellor Eddie Lyons. Who does Mickey look up to when he's very young? Is it Edward, Mr Johnston, Mr Lyons or Sammy? Correct answer is Sammy. While the boys are able to spend their childhood years largely protected from the realities of the unfair society that awaits them, when they ultimately reach adulthood there is no escaping the unfairness and inequality which ultimately causes them to grow apart. What position does Edward eventually rise to? Correct answer is counsellor. That's everything you need to know about growing up in this play. Finally, let's have a look at the structure of the play. The play is structured in a way which allows the audience to clearly see the parallels and contrasts between characters. The parallel first, Mrs. Lyons and Mrs. Johnston. They both play the role of mothers, that's the, the main parallel between them two. The contrast is that while Mrs. Johnston has had many children of her own, Mrs. Lyons is unable to become pregnant. Mrs. Johnston, here's you can't have kids and me, I can't stop having them. Mrs. Johnston lives in poverty, while Mrs. Lyons is rich and can depend on her husband for support. Mrs. Johnson feels that she is incapable of controlling her children, and Mrs. Lyons is excessively controlling and manipulative. There are similarities between Edward and Mickey. In simultaneous scenes, both boys are suspended from school as teenagers for challenging the authority of their teachers. Edward tells his teachers to take a flying fuck at a rolling donut. Mickey tells his teacher that the lesson is boring. Another parallel between Mickey and Edward is that they are both strongly attracted to Linda. Mickey finds it dead difficult to tell Linda how he really feels, while Edward, for the sake of his friendship, sings that he's not saying a word about his true feelings for Linda. Despite their bond as twin brothers, their different upbringings have taken them in different directions. Edward has a privileged and wealthy upbringing, while Mickey lives in relative poverty. Edward grows up to be well-educated and with a successful career as counsellor Eddie Lyons, whereas Mickey receives a poor education and is unsuccessful in adult life, getting fired from a job that he hated and suffering a mental breakdown in prison. This is the contrast between Edward and Mickey. The plot of Brothers follows a rise and fall structure. Most of Act 1 and the first half of Act 2 builds up hope that the brothers will be able to escape the fate that awaits them. We're told by the narrator that at the very beginning, the twins are destined to be killed. Till the day they died, when the mother cried, my own dear son's life slain. What type of structure does the Blood Brothers plot have? Is it a rise and plateau, a rise and fall, a rise, or a rising finale? Correct answer is a rise and fall. As Mickey and Edward build their friendship throughout the infant and teenage years, they are, they are able to overcome Mrs. Lyon's attempt to separate them and have many happy adventures with Linda. This period of relative happiness as a teenager and a young, free and innocent could be said to continue up until Edward goes to university and Mickey and Linda get married. 
What follows is a sudden change of mood and a sharp downward turn. From the moment Mickey is fired from the factory, his life boils out of control, and the tragic fate which we were warned about at the beginning again seems inevitable. Mickey. See, there's very little to celebrate, Eddie, since you left and walking around all day, every day, looking for a job. By the end of the play, the audience feels almost foolish once believing there was a chance that fates could be cheated. The narrator once again reminds the audience that this tragic death had already been decided for the boys on the day they were born. They were born and they died on the self-same day. So that's everything you need to say about the structure of this play. Let's have a run through of some general exam tips for going into your exam tomorrow. First of all, most importantly, read the question. I know you would have heard this tons of times before, but read the question and know what you're being asked. And answer the question that you've actually been given, not the one that you want to answer. It's really easy with essay subjects to try and twist the question you've been given into an essay that you've written before or that you've already studied, but you will lose points for this. So just make sure you actually answer the question that you've been given. Second, and this is kind of related to this, read the command words. So is the question asking you to compare things? Is it asking you to assess the extent of something? Is it asking you to evaluate? Make sure that you actually respond to the way that the question is asking you to respond. Third, remember to use quotes in your essays. It seems really obvious. With English literature, you need to back up the points you're making with quotes from the text that you've used. Then plan your time well. So make sure, at the, actually at the beginning of the exam, take a moment just to make sure you know when you need to start and end each question. Don't spend too much time answering one question and have to rush out another one because the marks that you'll gain from the long answer probably won't balance out the ones you lose from not writing enough. So make sure that you've got a good balance across your entire paper and yeah, don't, don't, ha don't put yourself in a position where you have to rush because you won't be doing the best that you can do. And finally, try to use an essay structure in your answer. Have an instruction and a conclusion and try and have distinct paragraphs that set out your ideas clearly. This way that you, you can show off to the examiner how much you do know because you'll be able to express your ideas and your thoughts really clearly. And they'll be able to see how the work you've been doing and the concepts and ideas that you've been able to understand and convey to them. Finally, let's run through a quick stress buster. So first of all, you know your stuff. You can get through this. You have been revising. Maybe you haven't done as much as you wanted to do, but you've still been revising. By listening to this podcast, you have been revising. So you can get through this exam. Shake off the bad vibes. Make sure that you're not going in there with an attitude if you can't do this. Go in with a positive attitude, some good vibes, and you'll be fine. Get active. Maybe tonight, maybe some point during the week, if you have some time off. Go for a brisk walk or go for a jogger or a swim if you're able to. This can help you really focus, clear your head and just, you know, get out of your room or get out of the library. Make sure you pack your bag the night before with all your exam essentials so you're not going in panicking about where your pens or are or whether you've got everything that you need for the next day. Luckily, with English literature, you don't really need much equipment. You just really need to be able to have a pen and a few backup pens just in case those ones run out. Make sure you've got one that actually doesn't hurt to hold for too long because you're going to be writing quite a lot in this exam. Good luck for your exams. We're going to be releasing night before podcasts before every exam. And if you head on over to YouTube on every weekday, we are going to be doing live streams at 4.45 and 5.30. So make sure you subscribe. And while you're at it, rate us five stars. We're amazing. <laughs> Good luck.